everyone. Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. This is Mimi. I'm here with Bridget. Hey, Bridget, how's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of a rainy day here in the Bay Area, which I think we need. Yeah, I kind of I kind of liked it. It was nice that it like held off this morning. I, I thought for sure, like looking at the forecast last night um, and all the, you know, the, the atmospheric river was coming. But <laughs> I think you and I both got in a run this morning that wasn't... Um, like biblical amounts of rain at all. It was just kind of like a perfect little cool occasional shower. Um, and I had like a rip roaring fun trail day yesterday. Yeah. Tell us about it. I was texting cause I was hoping to do that today. <laughs> no. And so I was like, maybe I'll recruit Bridget to come with me, but then you had your own adventure and then I bailed on my own trail run. So <laughs> tell, tell us about yours. I should have, I should have, I, I mean, I, I kind of needed like a, just a solo shred. Um, but it was so funny cause you texted me literally as soon as I was done and I was like, no, but parked at Windy at Windy Hill and then went up Alpine road. And there's like a trail alongside the road. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it becomes what the cyclists, you know, in the area called dirt Alpine. So there's like a dirt road that then plops you right out at skyline. And then you can kind of cross over Wait, skyline. Like Alpine, I'm trying to think about, so yeah, I guess you're, if you're parking at Windy, then you're kind of, you're on Portola Road and you like, so this is great, great uh, podcast listening. You can see our hands like, <laughs> yeah. and then you do you take a ride on Alpine and it goes up to like a dirt road up to Skyline. I've never like gone that far up. Yeah. So you, so from Windy, you, you just, you start and you make a left and then rather than kind of going up the way to Summit, you almost go the way that you would go if you're going to go like Razorback Trail except you so kind you, of keep you making left. start lefts. running through Windy Hill. Like you're yeah, on you're, the you're, trails there. Right. You're okay. on the trails the whole time. So you're not, you don't, take, I mean, you could take the road, but then why would you do that if you're trying to trail? But you sort of keep going straight through that tree after you run through that like little up and sometimes it can get muddy. There's like a, like a nice tree line place. I don't know. I'll have no, to stalk you just your kind Strava. Of like run, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you were thinking about doing windy, like you wouldn't necessarily take these trails, but once you know they're there, you're like, ah, okay. Sneaky way. So yeah. Then you kind of run along the road on this other trail up Alpine. Then it, then it becomes single track. Okay. I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side of, so now you're on skyline on the other, on the opposite side of skyline. So on like the West side of skyline, there's a really cool kind of rolling hill trail system. Um, so ran along that. And then the only part that kind of sucks is there's like a mile where that trail system ends. And then you're like a mile from getting back onto Windy Hill, like from the top mm. of Windy Hill and you have to run along Skyline, which is not like on great. The road. There is on the road. Cause, Cause there's, there's like no shoulder. There's no shoulder. And it's like all cyclists, like agro cyclists yeah. and cars. Yeah. And yeah. And motorcycles. And it's just, so that, that part always gives me like, you know, you definitely don't want your, an AirPod in or anything like you really mm-hmm. have your wits about you. And then you drop back down into Windy Hill and it was just great. I mean, it was, the roads were super slick and I had, or the trails were super slick and I opted to wear my road shoes, which was a mistake. I kept thinking like, oh, I should get those trail shoes that Mimi's always raving about mm. um, <laughs> because that would have been a little more fun, but it ended up probably being for the best because having the trails be a little slick forced me to just slow down. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not going that fast on the ups, but even on the downs, I was like, okay, I can't actually like go that fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to kind of be 
wary of where my foot is landing, mm-hmm. um, which probably saved my quads. Cause today I wasn't nearly as sore as I think I had every yeah. right to be running like 15 miles on trails. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I'm like, if there, if there is a trail in my run, I will wear, wear my trail shoes. I'm like, oh no, I'm a trail runner now. I will wear these trail shoes. Yeah. Wait, wait, you like the, the Brooks trail the shoes? The Brooks Catamount. Catamount. Okay. They're so yeah. good. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure how, like they're, they're legit trail shoes, but they're also like, they're such a good hybrid shoe. Like I've run really fast. I've done like legit tempo workouts with them because I remember one time I wanted to do sort of a faster run at Sawyer camp and I like forgot to bring shoes, but my trail shoes were in the car. And I was like, well, I guess, (laughs) I guess I'm running in these. And so I, I ran in those. And actually even before that, I remember I bought them for my Grand Canyon run and I was going from New York city to Arizona and I like hadn't really run in the shoes that much. And I was like, well, I'll do like a 12 mile run in Central Park in them. And yeah. I was able to like, you know, when you're in Central Park and like, you're not racing other people, but you're definitely racing other people. I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I was able to, you know, race other people. Um, yeah. Highly yeah. recommend. That's oh, my that ideal sounds, trail shoe. Yeah. Yeah. It was so sounds good. Sounds like such a nice run. Yeah. I just yeah. did um, the Balins yesterday. Usually I'll like run from my apartment, do like a little dip in the Balins for like, it ends up being like just a mile. I'm like dipping my toe in a yeah. little bit, yeah. but I actually drove to the Balins yesterday and like did a full, just eight miles. And I just was like, okay, I'm going to see if I can like kind of do a little bit of a like tempo and mm. I didn't, I, I got my booster. Everyone get your booster if you can yes. make an appointment. So I was still a little kind of not feeling so great on Saturday because I got it on Thursday as you and I were talking about, like went out on Friday. So didn't exactly rest. And so then was still feeling a little iffy, but like got a little bit of a, a faster run in. And then today had no motivation to go to the trails. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm, I might be running a trail race next weekend. I'm on the wait list. But then I, I checked and I saw that I was first on the wait list. So I was like, oh crap, there's like an actual chance that I have to run this race. And I'm like, I don't think I get my money back if I decide not to. So I was like, I should, I should maybe train for this. But so instead of actually going to the trails, I just like ran up from my place, like that back. I did like that steady climb up the dish. Like it's like yeah. a mile. Like it's actually not even a mile up from, um, from Alpine. Yeah. So I took the Alpine entrance up and then was like, I, I think I did like two miles in the dish and I was like, all right, this isn't a trail, but it's like a steep uphill. And then there's like a downhill. So I'll call it. I trained. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I didn't realize that the ramble is next weekend. It's next weekend and it's fully sold out, like all distances. And I'm like, I don't know if this really ever happens. Yeah. Wow. So, is it is it on Saturday or Sunday? It's on Saturday. Oh, I wish it was gonna be Part bad. of me is like, oh, I really hope I get in because it's a, f- I've done it. This will be like my fourth time. Yeah. And so, and I've, I've usually done, I've, I think I've done the 10 K twice. And then I did the half, uh, two years ago and it's a fun race. Like it's just a fun yeah. day and trails are fun and like Hutter, it's great. Um, but then yeah, another part of me is like, I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> Hopefully, I feel like the the tired right now might be the booster talking. Plus, you had like a big work week, so maybe yeah. maybe we'll be feeling different next week. Yeah, and it's always just fun. Like I don't really put uh, that's such a lie. I was gonna be like I don't put pressure <laughs> on myself for show races, but I'm like, no, I definitely do. I want to like, I definitely want to do as well as I can. But it's not 
anywhere close to like the kind of pressure I put on myself for road races. So it's just fun. It's just fun to get out there. But speaking of road racing and amazing results. So we missed you on this interview, Bridget. We're sad that you didn't join this catch up interview with our friend Holly Clark, but I had the chance to chat with her just before CIM. And for those of you paying attention, Holly had a pretty phenomenal day. And we actually chatted before the uh, new OTQ standards were released. And, you know, we were just talking about her goals. And I think her goals were like, you know, sub 240, which is totally doable. And she's talking about how like six minutes is like about what pace is about what she feels comfortable because anything under that is like a little scary. And, uh, our lady ran a, I think it was a 236 52. Um, so yeah, I would say she killed it and she ran a 559 average pace. So she dipped right under that. And, you know, I just, I was like watching her turn, sort of watching like those last couple of minutes and it was like, oh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. But then I was like, I think she's going to do it. And then she did it. And uh, I'm just, I'm so pumped for her. I think that, you know, as we we talked about in this interview, she like didn't have the greatest buildup. She had a lot going on. Like, I don't think she, you know, I think that she feels like there's a lot more there, but I'm just, I'm so thrilled for her and, and what she was able to accomplish last weekend. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was tracking her and Lizzie and, and, you know, all the people that we've, that we've interviewed and it was, uh, Sophie and all everybody. Um, but it was like, it was so, I mean, they, they seem to work together. The pictures from the finish line, like you just get goosebumps. Like it's, you know, the, those girls are, are absolutely you know, using the community to, to fuel their own personal success and, and, and lifting everybody up around them, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. what you, what you want to see. So I can't wait to listen to this and like, you know, what a, in a way, I think it's like such a blessing that CIM was a great weather day and, you know, the, the standards came out, but it was, the race was ineligible anyways, because, you know, now a lot of people know like, yeah, this is possible for me. Mm-hmm, like I totally. can now, I can do this. This is now within the realm of possibilities. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of just amazing performances just like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely harder and we can have a whole conversation about whether it's, it's good or bad, but, um, but it's exciting and, and so excited for, mm-hmm. for Holly. Yeah. Yeah. And just to like, I, because Holly has really done so much of her training with Lizzie and with Sophie, like Sophie ran an amazing race. And we talked about that last week, but also Lizzie ran just over 237, like barely. So she's like right there. And it is so, it's just so fun to see these awesome women, like getting so close and, and actually doing it and like really rising to the occasion. It's so cool to watch. Truly. Yeah. Good. Just a plug. Like if there's a, our friend Kira D'Amato was on uh, Dana Giordano's podcast not too long ago, the more than running podcast, which is a great podcast. And Dana was asking her, asking Kira about how she felt about the new standard. And Kira is now a two, well, she's a two twenty two marathoner. Like, you know, she doesn't have to worry too much about this, but it was really that 245 that like got her back into racing. Like she ran a 247 and felt like, okay, 245 is attainable. But she admitted like, had it been 237, maybe it wouldn't have felt so close and she wouldn't have like, you know, really made it a goal. And then we wouldn't 
possibly wouldn't have been seeing like the resurgence of Kira D'Amato. Yeah. And I think she has a really interesting take on it of like it being a sort of a gut punch, mm. but then also this idea of like, well, women will rise to the occasion. Yeah. Um, so if you want like a really good nuanced take on it, I highly recommend listening to that. That's great. Well, one last thing before we turn it over to Holly and your interview. Um, have you been doing Ever Athlete stuff? I have been doing Ever Athlete stuff. I have. I do it before every run because I don't want to get injured. Even if I'm like super tired and I'm like, oh, okay. I have like all these things I need to do before <laughs> I run. I just, as I'm starting to marathon train again, I just, I want to, I don't want to have any like coulda, shoulda, wouldas and sort of regrets, especially as I just, I'm getting older and things aren't working the same way. And I've really found a huge difference on how I feel when I start running. Like I don't feel as lethargic in the first mile, like things pop a little bit more. And so I just, I think it's a great way just to get to get started, start activating your glutes, all the things that you need to do to make sure that you're ready to run. Love that. Yeah. Um, I I've been doing them too. I think it contributed a lot to me not feeling as sore as I think I had a right to feel, um, doing so much vert yesterday. Um, I also really like, they have a series, um, of videos for kind of like common injuries. So like Achilles, mm -hmm. ankle, hamstring, IT. Um, so, you know, if you're starting to like feel a little, a little niggle, a little like, mm, this isn't quite feeling right, but maybe it's not escalating to like, I need to go to a, to a PT, um, to your doctor, hop on, check these out. You know, I think even if you're just someone who has kind of like my partner, Adam, he's, his Achilles is always going to be his metaphoric Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. Um, so, or literal Achilles. <laughs> literal, literal, yeah. yeah, literal. I got it wrong. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, he, you know, I think these are, I think these are just great tools to have, um, and to kind of cycle through because, uh, yeah, keeps, keeps you strong, keeps you feeling good. And, uh, you can check them out. If you're not already a member, go to everathlete.tv and you can use the code ROTB50 to get 50% off your first month. Well, enjoy this awesome episode with the always fun, always wonderful Holly Clark. Well, hello. Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. Today, it's just me, no Bridget here, which you know, we always want Bridget, but it's still going to be a fun podcast because we have the amazing Holly Clark returning to talk to us today. Hey, Holly, how are you? Hey, Mimi, I'm good. Also sad to miss Bridget, but we'll have fun. Just you and me. Yes, <laughs> we'll have fun. So I was looking back and I was like, when is the last time we talked? And I, it was August of 2020, which is crazy because it feels like five minutes ago, but yet like two years ago at the same time. Because so, I don't quite understand time. Um, at this point, but I remember when we were talking last, it was sort of like, okay, there's no races, like it's kind of exploration mode, kind of try out new things. And I remember you were talking about like kind of taking your first stab at the ultra distance. You had a big run plan with some friends. So just curious, like catch us up. How has running been going since then? How was the ultra? How has it been on the trails? 
Yeah. Wow. I can't even, I can't even believe that that's been over a year ago since we spoke. I kind of feel like it was yesterday, but I also feel like it was 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think, right. That we were planning that Yosemite to Mammoth trip. And I was extremely unprepared because I had been on the East coast all summer with flat, like low altitude, very like no elevation gain training. I ended up doing it, but I, we had to kind of split up groups and some went from Yosemite to Mammoth over Donahue Pass. And then some of us split back at Donahue Pass and went back actually just me, Katie Fitzpatrick and Lauren Kreth did. It was a fun day. I got delirious at the end and started talking, ranting about Peanut Butter Falcon, the movie, uh, The Child Buff. And <laughs> oh, I, I saw that me, movie. <laughs> me, That's Lauren, really and funny. Katie have quite the inside jokes, just me like going on for an hour about this movie. <laughs> but it was an interesting experience. I have to say, I'm not sure my body's equipped for the ultra distance just yet. Um, so I kind of refocused on track and the roads and doing more kind of virtual races. Cause at that point I think there's some virtual races like orchard street runners had put on some mm-hmm. and, and then I kind of, once I got back to San Francisco after being home all summer, I just started doing whatever our virtual races, the groups were doing, including, I think a runner's mind had a few and the Impala's put on a few intra squad races, which was fun. Um, but other than that, I think that was the last time I did an ultra. I do one a year, just one that I do on my own terms. So that was it. Yeah. I saw photos. It looked like you had a lot of fun, even if it mm-hmm. wasn't like, I don't know time if you didn't feel ready fun. or yeah, looked like, looked like you enjoyed yourself out there. So it was beautiful. You yeah. can't dislike being in the mountains. You feel so like at peace. Slash mm-hmm. just so natural. It's incredible. And I did another one actually this summer with my friend Lauren's boyfriend. It was 29 miles. So we didn't get to the ultra distance, but in man, we did like a mammoth one from um, McGee Creek Trail all the way to like the top of Mammoth there. So oh, nice. it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like anything past the marathon, doesn't that qualify as like the ultra distance? I don't know. I think it's technically like 50K, <laughs> but you have oh, to ask okay. the Devin Yankos of the world because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We'll ask Devin. If she like says it's an ultra, then it's an ultra. Yeah. That's exactly. fun. Mammoth is fun. I grew up skiing there. So like, I can't imagine running it. I guess, are you down like in the town itself? Are you going up to the resort area and running those mountains? What's that like? We did, we like went south like, towards Bishop. The trails there connect with the JMT. Mm, right. um, actually, I had a fangirl moment, um, you know, Tim Tollefson or mm-hmm. Tollefson because um, it's his backyard and he was running by and I was with Colin, my friend's boyfriend, and I was like, Colin, that man is famous. <laughs> he's running towards us and we stop and we chatted and we like exchanged names and I've actually seen him at the past two half marathons that I've raced and him and his wife were racing it and he remembered me and I was like yes like I remembered and oh, that's awesome. he, he's commented on both of my Strava like the half marathon posts and I'm like wow this is like fangirl moment right now that's amazing yeah yeah I mean, similar, except we didn't talk to him and has no idea who I am and would not remember this. But when um, 
I was running Grand Canyon with a bunch of friends. We did rim to rim and we were sort of like at the bottom, kind of like taking a break, eating some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we see like this dude, like blasting down the bright angel trail, just coming so fast. And he runs right past us. And I'm like, Oh, that was legitimately Jim Walmsley, like just going oh. right past us so fast. <laughs> You're like, high yeah. five. Like, I, then I was like, Jim Walmsley. Yeah, there was like not even time for that. And then I was looking at his Strava and he did, I think he did like the exact route that we did, except in reverse, like two days in a row. And I was like, I couldn't walk the next day, but cool. Cool. Yeah. Good for you. Right. Like these people are insane. This is their backyard. This is what they train in. Yeah. And it makes so much sense that you, you know, you have girls going to Park City to, you know, mammoth training camps, even just Tahoe. Um, because and even through ski season, I feel like just altitude training can be completely different. Mm-hmm. And if you're fast there, you're going to be really fast <laughs> on the roads. Totally. At all, level. <laughs> yeah. So after you got back and sort of experimented in the mountains a little bit, you did like there were some legit track races and like trials of miles stuff that were put on sort of like late winter, early spring of 2021. So how did you decide to jump into those and how did those come about? Yeah. So I basically really wanted to PR in the 5k, um, and really refocus my training around something that was a little more fast and fun and didn't take, you know, so much effort to train for, I guess, just a different type of training, um, compared to the marathon. So come spring, as things were kind of reopening and track races, real track races were were being had um, or being held rather, myself and and Lizzie Roundtree kind of teamed up and we're like, let's just get some like five Ks on the books. And we're we're now kind of have a separate kind of coaching plan around five K training and got into entered into a bunch of I'd say races we would not, I would never have raced in college even because I would be nowhere near as good as, you know, these girls are kind of at Stanford and um, we were in Fresno and a few even up in Portland. Um, And the goal ultimately, actually, it was a pie in the sky goal of breaking 16 minutes and ended up with my best being a 1615, which from college, I think is a 42 second PR. Wow. Um, I know know I'm like 29 years old and PRing in the 5k, which feels really good. And I feel like I have a lot more to give. So hoping that this coming spring, I can just dip into the the 15s. That would be really awesome. Um, the last race I I ran 1615, which was my PR, but I just felt like kind of honestly crappy, um, like kind of sick. So I was like, Mm -hmm. if I can do that and not feel hundred percent, then like, I think that that sub 16 is in the cards for me next year. So, um, it was super fun. I just like compare it back to the marathon. The 5k is so much fun. And the 1500 is like, so, so, so fun. (laughs) I like loved, I loved it. It was just over so quickly. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of volume we do for, for marathon training and the pain that we endure is just nothing in comparison to like quick, fast pain that you're just like, you get it over with. And I just love the turnover. I love like just feeling really strong and fast and it's just fun. I think like I've really changed my mentality to be like, I'm doing this for fun. Like I don't, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not an Mm -hmm. elite athlete. 
and it's completely like changed my outlook and as a runner. And then also as like, a, it's, it's changed my performance ultimately. It's made yeah. me like a better runner. So that's awesome. It yeah. sort of seemed like because people wanted to provide a lot of opportunities for people to qualify for the trials this spring, mm-hmm. just because like no one knew what was happening really. But then it opened up all of these opportunities for other people to jump in, right? Because you would have lots of different races. So, you know, you have this goal of going sub 16 or running a personal best. What was like the environment like there? You know, you go from, I mean, you're running at a high level, you're running with the Impalas, but it's like, fun. And yeah, you're, you're trying to qualify for the Olympic trials and the marathon, but I, I would imagine it's like a different vibe than people trying to qualify for the Olympic trials on the track. Yeah. I mean, I'm an absolute nobody when I go to these track races, (laughs) I'm like the amateur of the amateurs, like, you know, heat three of like, there's three heats and I'm like last of heat three. Um, it's wild. Like the speed and talent that's out there. And, you know, going, I guess we, Lizzie and I went to the Austin, um, whatever, whoever hosted that race, I'm totally blinking right now, but did the Austin 5k and then I guess it was trials of miles, right. That mm-hmm. they, they hosted that one and then, you know, progressed to college races and it's just different each, each race. There's like a different goal for people. It's like with college racing, you know, it's like NCAAs. Some people might try to qualify for the, for the trials, but then you get to the races like Portland track festival, the trials of miles races. And it's like focus on getting that performance standard, but it just, it it's fun. Cause it just drags you along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different from, from marathon training where you're like, I'm just focused on this one time to get me into this race. It's just like, you're surrounded by this like high energy, like races are going off one after another and everyone's cheering and everyone's warming up at the same time their friends are running. And I just like miss that so much from my college days, like high, like excitement environment versus a marathon, which is also high excitement, but it's just a little, it's a little different. So, but yeah, it was, it was super cool to see like, you know, athletes that I like follow on, you know, Instagram or have followed on just in general and throughout my whole life, just being at these races and watching them compete was just awe-inspiring. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think like personally for me throughout the pandemic, I, I run half marathons and marathons and I'm not like, oh, I want to, you know, run a really fast 5k fast for me, 5k time. I should qualify that or 10k. Like I'm not focused on those shorter things, but it was almost like, because there were no races or no marathons or whatever other than Virgil that I could jump into or that I wanted to, it was like, oh, here's an opportunity to do a 5k time trial or a 10k time trial or even a mile. And so I'm curious, like, did the pandemic sort of shift like different, different goals and, and things that maybe you'll take with your running and your, what you want to do going forward besides just the marathon, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. I think the pandemic just provided an opportunity for me to like reassess like what I wanted out of running. And sometimes like, I mean, I've been running since I was 11. I think I like said that the last time we had this podcast, Mm -hmm. like I switched running in seventh grade because I could, was not good at anything else and (laughs) any other sport that is. And I think that the pandemic just provided an opportunity to really 
take a step back and not have the intensity of racing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I wanted to virtually race with, you know, no pressure, then that was an opportunity to kind of keep myself sharp, but there was no like having to travel and having to take time out of your weekend and having to, you know, go to bed early on a Friday because you had this like intense Saturday run or cross country race or whatever it might be. So in a way it was like really, it, it was the kind of a silver lining to like the pandemic was being able to take a step back, reassess, like remember that, I do this for fun and that I I like just the reasons why I love to run. And then like when the pandemic slowly started to end slash because it's like never ending, but like (laughs) as things were, as races were like popping back up, like real in-person races, it made it more exciting to Mm. get out there and be racing next to people. I think the first race that Lizzie and I did was the one in Austin. And it's like, whoa, we're traveling to a race again and we get to like literally run next to other people now. And because the Impalas had been doing virtual races together, like Lizzie and I had done a bunch of virtual 5Ks together. We did one in like outdoor voices dresses with our friend Sophie Payne, who I think you spoke to last week. Yeah. And like Jenny Donnelly, like we all were just having like, we had such a core like group together. It wasn't like I was doing that. It wasn't this crazy like transition from being fully alone to now racing in person again with all these people. It was like, Oh, I had my pod. I still know how to race slash run. Um, but it was the, that excitement of having like an announcer and the guy yeah. with the gun and just like, like maybe a few um, fans, like, on yeah, the maybe fans, course, exactly. yeah. like there's a photographer out there now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think like, yeah, just through the pandemic, it was just, you know, everything was for fun. You didn't have to do it. Um, you know, if I wanted to give my body a break, I could, um, I think it it was just really nice mentally and physically to just take that pressure off of myself. Um, and I actually think I've really carried that through my training up until now, just that relaxed mentality of if it's not right for you, if you don't want to wake up and go for a run because there's no real races on the calendar, that's okay. And even now there's races on the calendar, but if I am tired and like need to sleep in and maybe I'll do my run later, or maybe I won't like, it's okay. And I, I think as a result, it's giving my body kind of the break it needs. And as I get older, my, like both my mind and my body just nourishing it with, with good things rather than pushing it mm-hmm. to the brink of exhaustion, which is what I did, I think, pre-pandemic and in college. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of college, before I forget, congratulations, because your college oh, yeah, team Hopkins. just won. Yeah. Their seventh national title. So, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I saw that and I immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, that's I so know. Cool. I can't believe they tied. That's kind of insane. But they still, it's still another national title. And texted my coach the other day and he was like, it's your legacy. And I was like, that's yeah. right. It is. Yeah. You can <laughs> claim responsibility for that. I think that's totally, and, yeah. Who, who are they tied with now? Who was it that they tied with? I literally forget. Some um, other school. It's okay. They'll break the tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that <laughs> was win next year. That was really exciting. I know. Great day to be a J. And I looked down at the tattoo on my foot. That's like, it's a blue dove, technically not a blue J because we're like, we don't want a blue J on our foot. But seven of us, I guess the first national title we won was in 2012. And we all hopped in my car 
to some like, went to some like tattoo parlor in like West Baltimore and got oh, tattoos of, of bluebirds on our feet. So. That's awesome. That's really special. So I looked at that and I'm like, my legacy. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, congratulations. That's a lot of, thank you very much. It's a lot I of fun. That. Yeah. I went to a college that doesn't really win much. So not a lot to celebrate. There you go. That's okay. Um, I went to Barnard College, which is part of Columbia. So it's all of Columbia Athletics. So like they've fielded a lot of really good like individuals at NCAAs yes. and have like obviously done well at like HEPs and stuff. But the big joke in college was like, no one actually went to the football games. Like, I think I went to the stadium once for homecoming, like with my sorority, but yeah, it was not a big sports school for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like mostly like library folks. I mean, Hopkins is yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. But, um, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I'm going to make, I feel like there was like one good team or something. I don't know. I can't remember. And yeah, Columbia people don't, don't kill me for like hating on Columbia sports. It's just, <laughs> it's just not our thing. It's fine. Um, there, so I have the, to say there are a few fantastic runners that have come out of Columbia. Totally. So yeah. You, have, you guys have that for you. Some great individuals. And I think, yeah, like generally have done well, but when you compare to like the, the other D1 schools, like, yeah. I don't know, Colorado or Oregon or Stanford, it's yeah. They're not winning. Um, they're not winning cross country meets, except for some individuals that do place really well. I think there was one girl that was my my year that I was looking back on, and I think she got like second one year um, for NCAA's, and I was like, oh damn, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that was surprising. Yeah, but, yeah. no, well, that's that's awesome. So the other thing that has maybe changed is you've you've made a bit of a coaching change or a switch in terms of how you're training. Can you talk a little bit about what led you to that decision and who you're working with and what that looks like now? Yeah. So I, um, and for the record, I still am on the Impalas. Um, I am still being technically coached by Tony and Pete. Um, and I have not made a team change, but in terms of coaching and wanting to get my kind of hone in on the goals that I set for myself, especially with around track, I did opt for kind of just a, a more, I guess, like narrowly focused plan that really was just like catered to me. Um, and Lizzie also has done the same thing. And so we are working with uh, Dina Evans, um, who's the coach of, of Peninsula Distance Club. Um, again, we are not part of Peninsula Distance Club. We are still in Paulus <laughs> through and through. Um, but the the coaching, I think, really for me, I mean, I've never been coached by a woman, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always only had male coaches and some assistant coaches who are female. Um, so I think that was really enticing to me. Uh, but additionally, like I'm just getting older and I don't know how many years I have left of me, like really getting better. Although I know that I say that now and you see all these incredible women coming out of the woodwork at like 35, 36 and running like, you know, 15, 15, 5k. Mm -hmm. So I think I have a few years left, but I decided that, you know, it was time for me to like make a change and just focus or have kind of more of a training plan around like, I guess literally every single day it's like today is off tomorrow. We're doing a double like that, Mm -hmm. like just so granular, um, which I've never really had before. I kind of always like wing it a little bit beyond the workouts that were given. And so it's been just really nice being, I, I honestly have to say like just being coached by a woman and 
I've had a very tumultuous summer between ending a relationship and moving and getting a new job and all of that kind of, you know, all encompassing, like it's hard for a coach of 150 woman team to, to like cater to those sorts of ups and downs in personal life and having more individualized training has really, has really helped me. I think, um, you know, if I need to change a workout date or opt out of one race and and add on another, it's just been really good for me, I think in this time in my life. And obviously Dina was the coach of Stanford and she knows what she's doing. Um, and she knows what she's doing. Like she really knows what she's doing. Like people, you know, she coaches some incredible athletes. So, uh, I think it's just been a really just important time to, to, I think, especially through the pandemic, it was like a test and now it's kind of like really worked for me because mm-hmm. um, I'm obviously doing some major PRs. So, um, it, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens, but right now sticking through it, um, still doing Impala workouts here and there, but, uh, definitely focused on just some, I'd say fine tuning of my, of my, um, training. Yeah. Well, you can crown me president of the Dina Evans fan club. I've been working with her for four and a half years and she's become one of my close friends. And I just, she just knows so much about the sport and about individuals. And like, as you said, being coached by a woman who not only knows like what other women go through, but she's able to sort of look at the big picture of the athlete of like, you mentioned like all of these changes in your life and she's able to sort of see like, okay, these are all of the stressors that's happening. Like, how can we adjust your running or your training to account for that. And whenever I have like a bad race and I'm like, I don't know what happened. And she'll like list off 20 things that I've told her that's happening in my life. And she's like, this is exactly what happened, Mimi. Like this is, you know, all of these stressors, but yeah, that's, um, she's awesome. So that's, that's great to hear. What do you think like has changed specifically? Maybe that's contributed to this, like all of these PRs and maybe sort of leveling up a little bit. I think that like, again, like Dina just, you know, you give her what you've done and then Mm -hmm. she works on like literally week by week basis. And I actually didn't know you were coached by Dina. So that's so awesome. Um, and she gives you those training plans week by week and she's able to kind of hone in on your like skill set, your strengths, but also like add in things where she knows you're, you're weak at. So mm-hmm. like coming in from like long distance training, I didn't really have that like speed that I needed to. So you're adding in those two hundreds after like a more of a distance workout or limiting rest or changing from Tuesday to Friday workouts and Sunday long runs, just mm-hmm. like the whole like like you said, the big picture all the way down to the most granular element of the training plan she just like is able to, to help me like understand like, you know, what I need on a daily basis. And I think that like the workouts are a little different. They're tweaked differently, but I'm no coach. So like, I don't, and I honestly don't even ask her like, what's her science behind it. I'm just like, I trust (laughs) you. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to dig into this. I'm just going to like hope that hope for the best. And I think I remember the first 5k I felt like super good at was the Stanford Stanford invitational in April and I ran like a 1624 or something. And I was like, damn, that was easy. Mm. <laughs> I was like, something 
that Dina did what she like unlocked a superpower inside of me. And I was like, that felt, you know, super calculated, super good. Like I wasn't dying at the end. I could like hear you every time I was going around the track and it was just incredible to, to feel that way. And I mean, obviously it's like, I'm the one who ultimately like did that for myself, but I do think it's like the way she tweaks the workouts and knows what's going on. I'm so bad about putting all my stuff in her little calendar, by the way. (laughs) I'm like, how do you know what's going on in my life? And how do you know when to tweak things? Because she's just like, she's just like this omnipresent force. She (laughs) She like knows exactly like what to do and when to do it. But yeah, I think it's just her, the, the workouts she's giving me, um, knowing like what to do in terms of rest. Um, mm. cause I think that's another thing is it's very easy to get caught up in, okay, we're going to run eight miles every single day and like, you know, not even think about taking a day off or just cause like, there's always somebody running, but Dina's like Mondays are off. You do yoga, mm. you go for a three mile jog. And otherwise like there's not, you're not doing a single thing. Tuesdays, you can do a 20 miles if you want to, but you know, no junk miles here. Um, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, pretty easy. Um, and then Fridays work out. So I think that she's the rest piece. She's really, again, especially cause I'm getting older. It's like so necessary for our bodies. Um, so she's very, you know, adamant about that and also just includes that in her training plan. Um, and then also I think something that like you mentioned is, um, she's, you know, she knows when something's like going on in life. Like if I'm texting and I'm stressed or if I'm not inputting all of my, uh, my mileage in the log, she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I haven't taken my iron pills. Like <laughs> I feel like a mess. And so she's very, in tune with saying, you know, let's, let's drop out of this half marathon or let's use this as a workout. So that way you can feel confident that the next race you run, like you're going to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of the stuff I've done this fall, just cause like I had this very crazy summer of all these things happening to me that, you know, she came into the fall being like, let's not push it. Let's not set these crazy goals like one running a 115 half like let's just you know go out feel comfortable and then like push in the last three miles and I've done that in the past two half marathons and I PR'd in both of them mm-hmm. and I didn't even I wouldn't even call it like a race I would call them both they felt like workouts to me and I think just the the way she frames things is really helpful mentally for me and I've never really worked with a coach one-on-one before that's helped me like mentally change my framework or change my mindset because I've always had this like group think right you're like running Mm. with the team you're running with you're, you're doing workouts to like qualify for the trials but I've never really like dove in with a coach to like unlock that piece and that's part partially my own fault because I don't think I want to I'm like I'm fine with like what's going on and doing this as a team for cross country or even in college, I would never like go to my coach and like ask for more individualized training. They'd just be like, you know, perform well and the team will perform well. Whereas now it's like Dina's really giving me that like framework and of for me to like unlock that mental piece that Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever really considered. Wow. Do you think some of it is like being more process oriented as opposed to like, yeah. A hundred percent process oriented. I thought I was process oriented before this. And now I'm working with her and I'm like, oh, this is what 
process means and looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I think that's like just, you know, as runners, we have like our agenda every single day and it's to run a workout or to do an easy run, but the way, you know, she frames it. And then even in terms of like a race, it's just like execute this, like you will do well as a result right. or like, you know, don't, don't push it. And if you don't want to do those two last two miles, don't do it. But it's part of the process to get you to where you need to be on race day. Right. And it's been just like a total game changer for me. Mm -hmm. It's like everything has a purpose. You're not kind of just out there like flailing of like, I think I'll run eight miles today and like do whatever. And there's still a space for that. But like... It's Thanksgiving week. I don't know if you're running a turkey trot. I'm running a turkey trot. I take my turkey trots very seriously. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of obnoxious about it. And so she what like, gave, doing? She, I'm doing one in San Jose, like the oh, cool. Hellier Park. Not the big, no, that one's virtual still this okay. year. So there's like a smaller one in San Jose and Hellier Park. And they have like a 5K, a 10K and a half. And in past years, I've done the half and... This year we're, we're staying in town. My husband was like, oh, I'll do one too. And I was like, okay, but we can't do the same distance because if he beat me, I would like never forgive myself. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you have to do the, you have to do the 5k and I'm going to do the 10k. So I'm hoping I can like PR in the 10k. Cause I just haven't run a good 10k in like a really long time. So like Dina gave me, you know, a specific workout today to do because she knows that I like want to do a workout, even though it's probably not going to make a difference, but even just having like specific, okay, this is what I want you to like, it was just 200. It's like run these 200s in, and this is the recovery. It takes so much of the thinking out of it. And you're just like mm-hmm. focusing on the process and how you want to feel and executing on it. And it's, I don't know, it's so helpful even for someone um, that's running like a little bit slower than you <laughs> at my level. Yeah, no, I think pro- having that, pro- like, I completely agree that, Sometimes you feel like, oh, this, like, what is this going to do for me? You know, breaking mm-hmm. up my work, my just normal runs into 35 minutes, like two 35 minute runs. I'm like, what is this really going to do? But ultimately, like, it's going to do something. If it's on my training plan, it's going to do something. Right. And I, and I will be honest, like this fall also has been somewhat tumultuous. So I haven't been as probably good as I could be, um, especially in terms of like cross training and doing doubles, but Um, you know, and Dina has said this, like if you put in the quality, you're going to get output. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there are junk miles in, in the training plan for sure, just to like get your miles up, especially for marathon training, but she's just like, focus on the things that are the most important, which are the milestone star gold stars of the process. And, you know, you might not run the fastest time you potentially could, but you'll get super like you'll probably PR or you will probably like do decently well and it will just help you for the next time you want to do a marathon like the compilation Mm -hmm. the the they're not a compilation but the amount of marathon work I've done it's like none of it goes to waste it all is just in your back pocket and you're just diving in and each marathon cycle it's like you're just digging more and more um and so she's like if you get that quality work in then you're gonna get some out something at the end of yeah. the day on race day. And even if you have a bad race, like it didn't, it didn't go to waste. All of that totally. training that you did, it didn't go to waste. It's like um, my relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like four years, you know, didn't go to waste. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> I <joking>. like, <laughs> so it's interesting having like a little bit of a tangent. I, 
got married about a month ago, less than a month ago. Congratulations. I knew I was going to say it. I don't remember you. you having a husband the last time we talked. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I even had a fiance last time we spoke. Um, yeah. Wow. Wait, so but, much happened. Yeah. So much <laughs> happened. But like, honestly, I've thought a lot about it. I dated a lot before my husband and like, None of that goes to waste because you know yourself way more. You know yourself way more. You know what you want. You know what you deserve. You know what like bullshit you're not going to put up with. Mm -hmm. And it just, I don't know. I know it's, it's hard, especially when you put that much time into a relationship, but like, it just makes you so much better for the next one. So it's such a, it is such a great sort of comparison to running. Like, yeah, yeah, that race was a disaster, but like you did all the training and now you're going to be better. You've learned something for the next one. Exactly. Yeah. You've like set, you've done the groundwork, you know yourself better. You've practiced. I mean, that's literally exactly like the four marathons before CIM when I qualified for the trials. I was like, I did the groundwork. I know it works. I know it doesn't. I know I need to eat gluten. I know (laughs) that I like, you know, I know all these things about me and I'm so much more confident in my training now. Um, Like, honestly, I haven't even like thought twice about this marathon that I'm running in two weeks. Yeah. Well, (laughs) let's talk about it. I mean, so you're running CIM in a couple of weeks, which it's your first marathon back since the trials. You have, I know we've talked a little bit about these half marathons, but I believe you've won two of them. If I'm not mistaken, (laughs) yeah, like you kicked some major ass. So, um, you know, from that perspective, like having, having a lot of success this fall on the roads, even though maybe like life is a little bit tumultuous right now, what sort of drove you to sign up for CIM again? And then like, what are you, what are you looking forward to about it? What are your, we don't have to talk about time goals, but like, what are your just goals in general for the race? Um, oh gosh, a lot to unpack. So I initially signed up for Chicago, I think back in February and Sophie and Lizzie and I were like, let's be training partners for Chicago. Then I realized that one of my best high school friends was getting married that weekend. (laughs) So that took that one off the books, um, which I'm actually really glad about because I really like having some hills in my races. Like I'm a cross country runner at heart. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I did so well in the trials was because it was hilly and that's my strength. And I was just like a little nervous for it to be super flat. Um, I was like, this is going to be just like kind of a, like a track grind for 26 Mm -hmm. miles. So signed up for CIM honestly, because like it's, it's so easy and it's so low key. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, the Impalas always have a huge contingency of women who are running it. So I was just like, I'll sign up for this. Um, got Lizzie and Sophie on board too, and a few others. And it's, you know, obviously been in the back of my mind for a while. Definitely not, you know, it's not all encompassing like it was like CIM 2018 was mm-hmm. and the trials 2020 were because I don't have like, this pressure of you need to execute perfectly in order to have, you know, to, to attain the, the trial standard. Um, I think like, again, working with Dina, it's been like an experimental phase of my training, like, or just my general training. And so I've done like probably like way less 20, 20 plus mile runs than I probably should be doing. And I've just, 
not gotten up to like the 85, 90 mile range, mileage range, which I would have liked to have gotten to. Uh, but that's okay because this is for fun anyways. <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, my ultimate goal it's, for me, a goal will always be a time goal, mm-hmm. um, is to run sub two forty. um, probably like a pretty big, like, I think that if, you know, if I can run a one sixteen fifty for a half, that's a workout. I could probably hit sub two forty. knock on wood, <laughs> but you know, I say a goal is two thirty seven. B goal sub two forty, and C goal sub two forty five. Mm-hmm. And then I guess if if we, if it's terrible day, just go sub three hours. <laughs> um, but I think it, you know, I go in, I'm going to go into this race and just it's going to be fun. Um, just try to have a good time but no placing goal, just, I think time, but I'm really not going to be like, if I'm not feeling good, I'm going to drop to six fifteen pace and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to run sub two forty five hopefully. So, um, but it would be nice to at least have that notch in my belt of that sub two forty. Cause it sounds like CIM might not be part of the trials, um, like a, a trials qualifying race in 2024. Um, so this might be my only opportunity to really like use it as a fast marathon and, um, see what I can do. And also like, what do I have to lose? I'll lay it on the table, like put myself out there, like be a little gutsy because like, this is again, like a, it's a, it's experiment a, and yeah. next year we'll focus on qualification for the trials, but it's just been a, a fun training cycle. So just trying to roll that one into this race. Yeah. It's, interesting because I think a lot of people are frustrated like oh we don't know like what the standard is we don't know when the window opens but you sort of just like describe the flip side of that is like well okay then there's no pressure right now you can just go out and race and have fun and see where your fitness is and see what you can do and it's like another step in that process as opposed to like being so focused on this on this outcome right now totally I mean I think that again the pandemic has completely changed my mindset of like for like this, we do this for fun. And Mm -hmm. this is just another step in the process. And it's okay that the, if anything, it's like kind of, it kind of reminds me of the pandemic days because I'm like, there is no pressure. This is just a race to that. We're just trying to run and and have a good time. And even next year, I'm thinking like, do I really want to run like a random marathon just to qualify for the trials? Or do I want to run New York because all my friends live there and it's yeah. going to be so fun. And New York is the like, best marathon in the world. Yeah. You yeah, do want to run I, New York. <laughs> I know I'm going next 2022. I'm like, New York is the one that I'll be doing. And it would be sick if I ran a sub two forty at New York. Cause then yeah. anywhere else I'd be like, Oh, I, I can run two thirty seven or whatever it might be. So it's like, a runner says she puts no pressure on herself, which means like, you know, I'm going to put pressure on myself, but I, I don't, I'm not going to be crying at the end of the race. If I run 245 and have a bad day, um, cause it's weird to say that 245 would be a bad day, but I would consider that a bad day for me, but I wouldn't be upset about it. Cause I'd be like, you know what? Something happened. It's okay. Like we'll get it next time. Um, but you know, ideally hopefully have a good day and run 237, which sounds actually sickeningly insane, but six minute pace for 26 miles. So I was like, not a second under six minute pace, ideally. Yeah. Well, you've had two fantastic 
half marathons. And so I think like the data is all there, right? Like if you're looking Mm -hmm. for something, you know, to boost your confidence, like, you know, it's there. It's just sort of Mm -hmm. like things coming together on the day. And sometimes you have control over it. And sometimes there are things that are like completely out of your control that, you know, just, it's just like one of those days. I totally agree. I think like right now my fitness is sub 240 shape for sure. Um, but again, it's the marathon and you know, my right hamstring could lock up and right. I might not have enough like fuel because this is not the bougie trials where we get a water bottle every four <laughs> miles. Like this is back to bare bones, like carry all your goose and your bra sort of situation. And like, but I kind of like, like that. It just, there's some, something that's, I don't like being like handheld. It's like a little more primal and I'm like, I'm pretty stoked for that. (laughs) So it'll just be, it's for fun. And yeah, I guess, like you said, the data is there, like my workouts. I mean, I've not really had a bad workout even after doing like outside lands for three days and then Tuesday workout where, yeah, I thought I would have had a heart attack and like on the track that Tuesday, but I executed and somehow I've been telling people like my body and my head are like not, they're like disassociated. Like, I don't know what's going on with with the two of them, but my body will do things that I don't even ask of it. And my head is just like, all right, just follow along. (laughs) Just keep doing like even the race at Clarksburg. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, the first 10 miles, six minute pace, like felt fine. I did definitely did not give my body a big, like much of a rest before that workout, great workout race. And then last three miles, I was hitting like five, me and Lizzie were both hitting like 530 pace. Wow. Um, And I swear to God, I'm just like, what is going on inside of my body? (laughs) I'm not doping, just so everyone knows. (laughs) I drink chocolate milk. That's my claim to fame. (laughs) Maybe it's the chocolate milk. I don't know. It's the sugar. It's the chocolate. Like going into those halves. Are you like, you know, I think I'm going to try to win this. Or is that just something that like, as you're running and you like see yourself at the front and you're like, I think I can win. When does winning sort of enter your mind? If at all. Yeah, I, I try not to put the pressure of like, I'm going to try to win this at all. Like it's urban cow Clarksburg. Um, Cause honestly, like Lizzie is so fast and mm-hmm. she also like, she's always in the running. So to, to like win. So I'm never like, you know, today's my day. I'm just like, we'll see what happens. And, you know, as like Lizzie and I start to like wean the crowd away and like girls are dropping, um, like usually it's usually the two of us and like maybe a few other girls in the the front of the race for the first like 10 miles. Um, but then I do have to say I get a little competitive and mm-hmm. like once I get to like two miles to go, I'm like, use that 5k speed that Dina's taught you this past spring and you're going to. I was like, I don't care how fast in my mind. I'm like, I don't care how bad you feel like you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like that's so, good. You want to be competitive and it's hard totally. to not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and Lizzie pushes me, pushes the heck out of me. That girl is so determined and her workouts are incredible, but it's just, it's fun. It's at least for me, it's fun. And if she were to win, I would be just as enthusiastic and stoked for her. And I think like between the two of us, 
like we'll always have a little bit of competition at the end there to see like who, who can outdo the other one. But, um, you know, she's my best friend and training partner and there's never going to be animosity. It's always just going to be like who had the kick on that given day. And so, and also mind you, she started running way after I did. So I have this like 5k, like ingrained, like fossilized in my soul from call my college and high school days for that matter. So whatever Lizzie has done, like truly kudos to her, because I think for me, it's just like mechanic, like mechanical, like I just know what I'm doing. Um, but it's, it's a train, like, it's impressive that she's been able to train herself to, to be mm-hmm. as fast as she is. So I have to say shout out to, to my girl because she keeps me, keeps me sharp for sure. That's good. And that's like the best thing you want. Like, what is it? Iron sharpens iron. Like you guys want to exactly. be going after it. Um, yeah. so before we wrap up with like some, some new rapid fire questions, um, I know when we talked last time, like the Impalas are so important to you and being part of that team is so important. And I think, I don't know if you still are, you were like the, the new team member, like manager, coordinator. Co- coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, I'm curious, what is your role with the Impalas look like today and how has kind of having your own coach and doing your own training impacted like the role you play on the Impalas and the workouts that you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I did take a step back, uh, from the board last year, uh, just because it was a little, it was getting a little overwhelming to be on the board. I was applying to graduate school. There was like a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with work and just like life kind of came at me all of a sudden. And I just knew that I needed to take a step back, uh, which I did. And I think ultimately like I have taken a little bit more of a just like I stepped to the side of being on like super invested in the Impalas and that by no means means that I don't want to be on this team for the rest of my life because I Mm -hmm. absolutely do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like this team is going to be, you know, we can be on this team until we're 75 years old and I love them all so much. And they're like my network of, of women that I, that it will be my support network forever. Um, but I think just kind of again, it's like the way the pandemic worked, giving yourself kind of a a break mentally, um, was really needed at a certain point. I I recognized at a certain point last year and I have, you know, asked Dina to have some of like, she actually works with the Impala plan to incorporate some of, especially some of the marathon Mm -hmm. workouts into Impala Tuesday nights, because it is super important for me and Lizzie to be going to those practices and, and showing up, um, and showing that we're, you know, you know, we might be some of the fastest girls on the team, but we're still here to like show up and be, be an Impala and race for the Impalas. So I think there's an element that of Dina, which again, like it really goes towards how fantastic she is. She's not making us do these workouts just because like, you know, it's one that she thinks is like so important for a marathon and she like doesn't want us to do the, the Impala workout. She just incorporates that right in, like wraps that right in, maybe adds a few 200s at the end of the workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has the autonomy over, you know, the Friday workout and the Saturday and Sunday long run. But that's, you know, we, me and Lizzie have asked her to really like work with us in terms of plans, the plan for Tuesday nights with the Impalas. 
so again, I think it's like, there's a fine, there's definitely a fine balance. Um, but basically beyond Tuesday workouts, we can do whatever we want. Like the rest of the team, like there's Mm -hmm. no prescribed Thursday tempos or, or Friday tempos. It's just like what, you know, what you want to do. Um, and so she's just very respectful, I think of us wanting to make sure that we are, that we are seen and like noticed and not noticed on the team, but that we're still present on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think again, it's been a really good balance in that respect. That's awesome. It's like the best of both worlds there. I know. I'm like, I'm like, how is this happening? I'm getting (laughs) truly the best of both worlds. So well, yeah. I could talk to you forever. You're so fun to talk to. And there's so much I know, to I catch up on. I want to ask you a million questions oh. now too. But, um, <laughs> for another, for another we, day. That yeah. should be a podcast for sure. Somebody asks you and Bridget all the questions. Have oh. you guys done that yet? We did that at the beginning. We interviewed each other, um, but it's been a while. And then uh, Bridget did an interview with me after my last race. But um, yeah, it's been a little while. <laughs> Maybe one of you these days. We'll, we'll some, do like, guest, some guest hosts. For and, sure. That's a yeah, great idea. Yeah. yeah, we'll do that. So let's, let's get into some rapid fire, some new rapid fire questions. Um, we asked you different ones last time. So just new ones to, to mix it up a little bit. So you mentioned you went to Outside Lands. Um, what was the best act at Outside Lands this year? Oh, that's a tough one. So I love the strokes, but their heckling the crowd was pretty like unchill, I would say, um, cause they're New York band and they're like heckling oh, San Francisco okay. being like, yeah. So I still love them, but I think my favorite, my favorite, favorite was zoo. And I think also mm. it was because I was with all my best friends and we were just like having a ball, but, um, yeah, I'm nice. not much of, not like super into like EDM, just to clarify. I'm more of a jam band <laughs> girl, but that one was, that was a super fun. Oh, and Rufus. Oh my God. No, I take it back. Sorry, Rufus. Okay. Rufus just soul, just soul was like my favorite. I had a nice. little bit of a religious moment during that one. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I feel really old now. Cause like, I remember when the strokes were really popular. I think I was in high school, maybe college, and like Drew Barrymore, I think, was dating like a band member of the strokes. <laughs> and like God. they were like constantly in the tabloids. Yeah, I feel I feel old. And like he was probably so young and he was probably so old. <laughs> yeah. I don't Fabrizio what's his name? Fabrizio Moretti or something of the, the strokes. Main, the main singer. I don't I know. Guess. I went on like a deep binge the other day about oh, yeah. him. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, What is your favorite part of the CIM course? Oh, God. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Yeah. I think actually there is one part that I remember really clearly that's just like you're going down. And and I remember being like, I thought that CIM had no hills because it was like down and then back up. And it's kind of like almost... I, I don't, I have no idea where on the course it is, but it almost feels like you're on like a roller coaster and maybe it's like near Fair Oaks or something, but besides the end, like running to the Capitol, I have to say that part is my favorite mm. part, but I can, I honestly, it all kind of looks the same. Sorry, Sacramento, <laughs> but like, there's nothing like super special about you. <laughs> so I'm always like, I think that random spot where mm. you kind of like do this like dip and then you start going back up is my favorite because I'm a psycho and I love hills. <laughs> no, I think that makes 
sense. I ran a half marathon a couple weeks ago and there were more hills than I expected. And it was ac- it actually like made it so much more fun. Right. Because you're like, let me just get to the top of this hill. Yeah. And like, and it's none just of like them, yeah. little goals. Little goals. None of them were that bad. And it was like, okay, then I'm going to go back down again. And it's yeah. just a half. So it was, yeah. yeah. So have you ever, you haven't run New York, have you? No, I did. And that oh, was you the did. last That's one right. before okay. I did CIM. So you know, but, yeah. so, but you know, it's an awesome race, even if you didn't oh, do I, like, trust yeah. me, I had so much fun because like, you're Good. seeing so many, like I have so many friends yeah. there and right. so, and the hills are, I don't know, and the boroughs, it's, I'm excited to go back and do it properly, basically. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. I don't know. New York is just the best. Anytime I can say that, I'm just going to say it. Are you um, from New York? I lived there for, for 10 years during and yeah, after yeah. college. So okay. yeah, it's my favorite. Um, what is your post-race meal? Oof. I mean, the last time after CIM, I got shake or uh, not Shake Shack, in and out with the chocolate shake. And that was a fire meal. I think I had two, I definitely had two like double double doubles or whatever the heck they're called. And it was with like animal style. Yes. The whole thing. And as much as people hate on in and out, like that was so good. And actually I had that right after my Yosemite did mammoth run as well. We went to in and out nice. and got, I got that exact same meal. And that's like, just, I just like, my... yeah, just like give me a burger after every race and I'll be very yeah. happy. Yeah. I was like, give me a burger and also just like, give me the booster shot right when I finish. <laughs> yeah, That's my, we were joking with Tim's wife, Lindsay, during me and Lizzie were during uh, the last race of Clarksburg. We were all like, we don't want to get the booster shot before we're like mm-hmm. chatting the, during this race. Don't want to get the booster shot before the race. Like how ideal would it be if they just like had shots ready for you at the end of the race? I think that's a great idea. I think we right? should like... <laughs> call like the Sacramento, like the County, the department of public health and have them hand out booster shots. I'm, I agree. I'm on board. I mean, you're already going to feel like garbage anyway. So like exactly. you might as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to like write a little like memo to the SF department of public health and, yeah. and try to <laughs> make my there, case. Totally. There should be a booth that's giving booster shots and flu shots. And it's just like, yeah. And burgers, all at the same time. And burgers. Yeah. And burgers. And burgers. So last time we also talked about your love for Negronis. So what is your post-race or pre-race cocktail? Oh, wow. I'm glad you asked this one because I was like, I'm preparing for it. (laughs) Um, No, I actually was. I think post-race, I've been on a bit of a martini bender lately. Um, Gin, shaken martinis I'm, I still like honestly don't know the, the lingo uh, <laughs> but oh, okay. actually okay I think I do like an espresso martini I think that the half post-race espresso martini pre-race espresso martini could be interesting you know a little caffeine a mm-hmm. little like get your body a little warm we'll try that for like maybe not CIM but <laughs> yeah something else. I think I'll, I'm gonna land on espresso martini love that Okay. So last question. If people see you out there on the course, what should they yell to make you smile? Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) I could laugh at like anything poop related. Okay. Anything poop related. Yeah. I will like 
lose my shit for (laughs) no pun intended, but actually I will like anything about poop. I'll die. There were some really good signs and stuff at the New York marathon. Now I'm totally blanking on what they were, but like, like I'll just like laugh about it. Oh, and there was one at urban cow that was like, you're running better than the government. That one. (laughs) If you say that, I'll also laugh. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for catching up. It was so fun to chat with you and talk about what's new and just can't wait to cheer for you and see how you do. And I feel like we've talked to you and and Lizzie and Sophie and there's so many other people running CIM and just like so excited for all of you. It's going to be so awesome. Thank you, Mimi. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me on the podcast again. Um, You guys are a highlight of my week when I'm able to, to listen to to the awesome people you have on the podcast. So thanks for even thinking about us and I'm excited to see you out there. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Holly Clark. You can find Holly on Instagram at Hollywood Clark. You can also follow Holly on Strava. As always, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Runners of the Bay. Send us an email, runnersofthebay at gmail.com. Visit our website, runnersofthebay.com. Please, if you're liking the podcast, leave a rating and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to Runners of the Bay wherever you get your podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else. We're just so happy and grateful that you're listening. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon.